All right. So, uh, what do you guys say we go ahead and get started? No. No. Ever. Okay. Right. Well, we continue this. <laughs> I've been playing Gears Tactics lately. <laughs> I played Metal Gear Solid Three, and I cannot beat the final boss for the life of me. You are you still in a dream? <laughs> She's so hard. <laughs> Wait, did everyone stop talking or did my audio break? Oh, audio good, you're still there. Okay, good. <laughs> I panicked too. <laughs> All right, uh, who wants to intro this? Hi, this is a thing that we're all doing. We know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, the title's Welcome down below. To... <laughs> um, once again, we're joined by the repeat, the repeat. Uh, That's me. Yes, author of Miracle, which was the last fic we recorded as of right now on the most recent episode of the Unironic Masterpiece Fanfic Theater, which has been delayed due to current circumstances. Um, we figured we would meet up again, uh, explore some further uh, discussions regarding both that and anything else that sort of comes up. Um, I believe you mentioned uh, specifically in our Discord that you had some things that you didn't bring up last time we talked. Yeah, um, one of the uh, one of the first things y'all said was something like, "We prepared no questions for you." And just immediately, like for some reason, I was just completely unprepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we I should like, preface the way yeah, this came about <laughs> because basically, like everything you just said, Nick, is basically everything there is to say. A message was posted in Discord, and we were all like, "Yeah, let's meet up again." Yeah, why not? And then. Yeah. And meanwhile, Jesse is here. He's probably saying oh. something right now. No, he had his audio mute. Uh, I don't know what to say. I'm panicking. <laughs> um, yeah, really, the reason I wanted to do another one, because I didn't get enough of Jesse last time, and uh, he really just needs to talk almost the entire time. Well, see, that's, that's that. how he gets you, right? He stays quiet, so that by the time I, you realize, oh shit, I haven't had enough Jesse, it's over, and you want to come back. See... I, I can start monologuing, but I don't know anything about Fire Emblem except for what I know from Smash Brothers, and that's not helpful. What else is there to know? I, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I've played I every Fire Emblem know. game. Smash Bros. sums it up. I mean, Smash Bros. is basically a Fire Emblem game at this Look, point. Fire nice Emblem, meme. have people you pick make fight other people you pick. Smash Bros. have people you pick make fight other people you pick. Ether. Same game. And depending on the game, maybe you'll like touch people's faces a bunch to like I don't know, like build relationships. Don't talk about that one. You know that thing from Pokemon like DS games where you poke your Pokemon <laughs> and they like you more? Imagine that, but with people. Yeah, that's Fire Emblem Fates. I liked it enough to write like four or five fictions about it, so can't have been all bad. Fates, that's Birthright and Conquest, right? And Revelation, yeah. Okay, see, I have uh, Birthright, and I played probably 30 hours of it, and I didn't finish it, and I don't think I've touched Ow. it in a year and a half. That's surprising. The game's not that long. Yeah, I just tend to make these things take a lot longer than they should, because I don't yeah. want them I guess to there is a lot of optional stuff to do. Like level See, grinding just, and stuff to do in the castle, so I get I've it. I've been playing three houses and been learning. I'm just horrible about grinding because I, I told this <laughs> to Nick. Um, I'm a simple man. I do not play these games as intended. I think because my my joy, I see the number go up and I then I clap. I've been thinking about this Big so much lately. Like why three houses is so popular right now? 
It's got to be because it's the master of satisfying bar go up. Big oh, absolutely. That's probably a big part of it. Yeah, because I was thinking when I was playing it the first time, I was like, man, there sure is a whole lot of not playing Fire Emblem in this Fire Emblem <laughs> game. But I was still having fun. And I was like, ah, because I love the whole... Well, it's because every time you do something, no matter how small, you get that little bit of progression. You just you just watch it. Yeah. It's measurable. It's there. It's objective. You number go bigger. See, my favorite part of it all has just been how everybody is like alternately commenting on how charismatic Byleth is, <laughs> while at the same time commenting on how dead-eyed and lifeless <laughs> Byleth is. Yeah, I've definitely seen a whole lot of um, people hating Byleth. I'm gonna put on the record that I think that having a silent protagonist like that had an awesome setup at first because it seemed like it was gonna be important that he's silent or whatever. But then they it kind of fizzled out. Like they didn't do anything with it. I was so, like, yeah, I get it. Every See, time I, I reasonably played Persona Five the Royal with my wife just kind of backseat gaming in the room because she her computer's in the living room right now. She works there. But uh, I played all of Persona Five the Royal with my wife just in the background. And I think most of her enjoyment, the reason why she likes the main character of Persona 5 now is because I spent so much of that playthrough impressing my own whatever <laughs> on the main character. <laughs> yeah, that was like when I would play Those of Symphonia as a kid with my siblings. Uh, the game is voiced, but not fully voiced. <laughs> Those are for the cut best. Scenes, yeah, so for cutscenes where they didn't have voice acting because it was unimportant enough, we would just make up voices. It was so, hilarious. We still quote those to each other today. We made a few attempts to do some recording sessions of... Uh, oh my god, why am I blanking on the name? Where's the Is case? Soccer Wars? Soccer Wars, thank you. Oh, uh, um, God. Of, of which, game. Of which like... <laughs> Five percent of it is voice acted, so the three of us will be sitting. And we, at one point, we decided, "Fuck the recording. We're just gonna keep playing it for a while." We decided um, to yeah, just obviously do voices because what else are you gonna do when the three of you are playing a visual novel game with the occasional strategy mini game thrown in? Um, <laughs> it's always weird when, like, Tap out of nowhere, to clean the floor better. Yeah, for a line that has like no story importance at all that you just wouldn't expect to have any meaning whatsoever suddenly is fully voice acted by a professional studio actor who is sitting there <laughs> in the studio by themselves with 17 layers of of noise cancellation layered over them to make it as crisp and clear as possible and it's like what she's telling me i dropped a bucket of water what <laughs> <laughs> so confusing oh so funny did that too actually there's some really important uh, side quests or even sometimes parts of the main quest that are really important that just weren't voiced for some reason. Uh, and then there would be some, like, bath scene where they're voiced. <laughs> no, come on, Lloyd, the bath scene is peaking? always important. Oh, it was a misunderstanding. This is an anime-inspired game. Your reaction to Nick bringing up Sakura Wars implies to me that maybe you have some passing familiarity. Yeah. Passing familiarity. I noticed that. <laughs> Ships passing in the night. Yeah. <laughs> I guess... <laughs> I I can tell that it's either I hate this, I'm vaguely familiar with this and want nothing to do with it, or I spent way too much time on this and I never want to talk about it ever again. It's the second it's one. It's the second one? Okay. I've I seen enough to just be like, 
Probably not for it's me. It's the right decision. Let's we're all, See, I, we're all being honest. It's the right one. Because the game we were playing was the one that was on the PlayStation 2 and the Wii. It was my copy. <laughs> it was a game I bought back in like intermediate school because um, I read an article about it in Nintendo Power and I thought, hey, anime. <laughs> well, and, and occasionally you get those bits where it's like it's clearly like a direct port and they didn't put any real attention into making sure the controls line up. Oh yeah, like if I one... was smart at all. Because I had a PlayStation 2. If I wasn't an idiot, I would have bought it. <laughs> well, there are a the couple of mini games where you on the PS2 you would rotate both thumbsticks in like the same direction or opposite directions. Well, if you have a Wiimote and Nunchuck, you only got one thumbstick, which means your other hand on on the Wiimote is doing it on the D-pad and it just doesn't register <laughs> your inputs at all. They just made that motion controls. Yeah, but there are no motion controls anywhere in that game at all. <laughs> But it's, it's not compatible such... with a classic controller, and it's not compatible with a GameCube controller. It is compatible with a classic controller. <laughs> I tried; actually. it wouldn't work. I will contradict that. I played it with a classic controller. Then why didn't we do that in the first place, Steven? I think I, I want to say the first session I brought it up, and then I think something to the effect of "Screw that! Why are we trying to be intuitive?" came up, and then we used a Wiimote and a nunchuck. I do like to torture myself, don't I? <laughs> It's probably it's probably my fault. Hey, we're here to talk I, about like fan fiction, right? Yeah, this has been a great episode. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> we will see you next time. I'm sure you'll have plenty yeah, to talk see you about. Next week. Oh, it'd be such a baller move if you just left right <laughs> Big thick energy. So yeah, we're here to talk about more things. Namely, uh, it sounded like you had some more things that you wanted to bring up about the story. And frankly, um, we're all too tired and too stupid to bring up anything intuitive. So I think <laughs> we'll let you take it from here. Yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Questions again. Oh, what am I going to do? We set expectations high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, how can so... you match the last performance? Yeah, so I uh, I wanted to talk about some things like some fun stuff and some also stuff that uh, like about motivation, my motivation and stuff. You yeah. know, maybe a viewer will see it and take it to heart and think it's nice. Go for it. I'll get to that later. Let's start with fun stuff. Did oh. you know? You didn't know because I've never told anyone. <laughs> Miracle is supposed to be like really short. Um, like... I did say it was supposed to fit in one chapter, but like, I don't know, 10,000 words tops. And then it got away from me. <laughs> and then it did. Um, but I had in my outline, well, actually, I need to open my outline. Give me like three seconds. Absolutely not. Um, my outline, <laughs> I just, uh, I'm just feeling time right now. <laughs> yeah. So I have... Uh, part three, which is the longest part, was originally very short. It was going to cover like it was going to cover about the same amount of time. It was um, it was called "With the Kind Balmese Couple." I see in my outline. Uh, she was going to be with an elderly couple, an old man and a woman. And I don't know if y'all have seen uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. Yes, I wouldn't blame if you hadn't. But uh, it's kind of like the very, old couple that uh, sure that uh, Wolverine runs into 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're with like all arm. one and a half people who maybe like 25% enjoy that movie. Yeah. Dude, I love that movie. <laughs> Look, but yeah, it was like that. It's okay. That was how I had it in my head. And, I uh, love the oh. part where Will I Am was there. Oh, yeah, he was. <laughs> I from Lost was a bit part. Yeah, but back to fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Miracle was supposed to be short, and it was supposed to be like a lot more cheerful. Like uh, it was supposed to have this like hopeful tone the whole time. Like the elderly couple was going to be all spiritual and giving her sage advice, like Uncle Iroh, nah. and all like uh, must look within yourself. Yeah, but then it went all tales of Vasing say on you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the leaf from the vine fell slowly. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, it was like partway through part two, I think, when um, like, he was miserable about um, hiding on the pirate ship. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, I, I see how I could make this a lot sadder. Could I do it? Hmm. <laughs> I debated for about three and a half seconds and was like, of fucking course, yes. You just look uh, at your characters and think, hmm, I love you, I support you, I want you to do well in life, how can I hurt you today? I want you to be miserable, please. <laughs> it's like, I, I really wonder if there's something to that and being an author and like the desire to, not necessarily to see your characters suffer, but to maybe overcome suffering. Yeah. Uh, it is. It does seem to be a very common um, approach to, mm-hmm. if not you know, original characters, but character development in general uh, among, I, I I guess fan fiction authors because you don't see it anywhere near as much in popular media, uh, as because you know you overcome oh, the I thing. And... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm trying like, to say. I I spent my summer helping my grandmother clean out her like borderline hoarded house with her like borderline. 10 billion romance novels and yeah you see a lot of that there a lot of uh suffering steven well it's you, like because there's a the reason on fan fiction and archive like hurt slash comfort is like an entire genre that you can so like use angst. to like find pictures like yeah angst pictures. that's exactly to just dis- the way to describe it because uh so many people like it- it's cathartic um, yeah, there was a video especially. I watched recently from Folding Ideas uh, that was talking about how fiction is sort of a way that we can uh, we can explore ideas and thoughts and feelings, for lack of a better term, in a safe, sterile space. Well, yeah. So I think there's something to wanting to have characters experience sort of the things that maybe not that we necessarily want to experience, but that we want to believe that we can we can work through. Well, and even beyond that, it, it allows you to experiment with and address ideas and concepts or maybe situations that you don't agree with or don't condone, but would like to present and explore in a new or interesting way, even if not to share with other people, just so you can explore it yourself, right? So then you get... Uh, 
the argument of, well, just because it's in my story and it's something that I write doesn't mean it's something that I want someone to experience or have to deal with. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, see it as like, um, it's more fun. Well, like you don't see that in characters suffering a lot in a Marvel movie because it's less fun to, to watch. But it is fun to write because in your head, you know, it's going to get better. Um, like I'm sure Marin is being attacked by a zombie monster right now. But, uh, <laughs> later, she'll meet Frederick and they'll probably hook up. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would counter with in specifically with the Marvel movie comment in in situations like that, you do see it. It's just a lot of the time done through more visual storytelling. Um, and, you know, not to not to get on the Marvel train and run away with that or anything. But I mean, you have characters like Tony Stark, right? So the majority of his character's suffering was very clear and very, very much on display throughout the entirety of the series. But then was sort of, I guess, sarcastically dealt with and hidden behind your traditional Marvel veneer of humor. For another example that didn't work as well, uh, Black Widow Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> By didn't work as well, you mean didn't work. Uh, they period to the waters in an avengers I mean, movie <laughs> i i wanted to be nice i respect joss whedon and like 90 percent of his decisions yeah eh. it's not like i don't like marvel movies right uh, there's also of course things like runtime right yeah no, just it's... let a movie that you expected to be an hour away from you and become eighty-five thousand words <laughs> i mean three hours <laughs> i was funny enough you should mention the length of that um I was rereading uh, Into the Outrealms, and I was originally going to go, oh, you know, I read up to this point, uh, and that's all that was written at the time, so maybe I'll just pick up there. And I had the brilliant idea last night to start over. Yeah? Uh, and I didn't do it last night. I woke up this morning. Okay, I didn't wake up this morning. I woke up at 1, made lunch, <laughs> watched TV for about an hour, and then read the first 15 chapters. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. yeah in the that's last bad. like three or four hours i read about 15 chapters of that and i didn't get caught up that's oh, how wow. the fan fiction fix works that's just i i don't read often uh when i do i go pretty quick because i used to i was that kid that would sit there in like algebra or calculus just with a book under the table and yeah doing my homework I but recall. i'm also reading three books yeah that's like like 90 percent of it honestly <laughs> chapter 15 is the longest chapter is it okay well because the like reason i brought it up words. after i think it's after like chapter 13 it's 12 or 13 there was a a note you left at the bottom of the chapter that said hey this is now uh surpassed the length of my now second longest story miracle and i'm like it's chapter 10 uh, was it chapter 10 oh god yeah, that was the longest chapter up to that point oh i feel i feel like i read that like an hour ago Oh, it is only, it's 20 to 9, huh? It was written a lot longer ago than that. Where the fuck did my day go? 2017, <laughs> I think. <laughs> That's not that long ago. Well, yeah, because I think when I when I first read Into the Out Realms, it was like late 2017, early 2018. It was a whole pandemic ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah, if you can believe it. Man, I haven't read this story since before the plague. Oh, God. <laughs> I want 
wonder if there's a single podcast on earth that hasn't mentioned COVID-19. I, you know what? We were one of them until about 10 minutes ago. Dang I'm it. pretty sure we mentioned it last time. Ah, uh, was, was that a thing I'm not that was like sure. something we would have addressed? I don't remember. Uh, uh, we didn't like talk about it. We just mentioned it offhand. Probably, probably. See, I think my favorite trend has been uh, because everybody was getting demonetized on YouTube for talking about it. Oh, yeah. So uh, the Game Grumps decided to casually refer to it as the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. And then that just kind of picked up speed. So now if you ever like are watching anyone on YouTube and they talk about the Backstreet Boys reunion tour, now you know what they're talking about. See, instead of getting excited about a Backstreet Boys reunion tour, now I'll just get sad. Thanks, Steven. And now when anyone thinks of the Backstreet Boys, they're going to think of COVID-19. Put on brand recognition. You, you wake up one morning in 2021 and someone's playing Backstreet's back and you start to panic. Well, because that was like the first big cancellation. Because like uh, the Backstreet Boys reunion tour got canceled. Not true. Slipknot's tour got canceled. Because like, know that but, like sure. that was the one that teenage girls that cared about, Nick. That was that was the big one. Slipknot. <laughs> Slipknot. <laughs> Actually, I sure, think Slipknot well, did cancel their tour because my parents were going to go to a concert like next week that was like the day after a Slipknot concert or something. I was going to go see a Broadway show with my wife and then our tickets got refunded. So I had like, two major events to go to, but it's probably best that they got canceled. I was going to stay inside and be lonely anyways. That's what I do most of the time. Stay Just inside. We, be Sometimes lonely. we stay inside we and be lonely together. Hell yeah. Hell yeah inside and talk about fan fiction yeah right yeah <laughs> we keep getting off topic that's for the other there's channel. so much to talk about we got to catch up we do you're right uh oh so i was talking about what uh we were talking about into the out realms mm-hmm. uh so you finished chapter 15 uh i i started chapter 15 i got about halfway through okay okay that's the the harvest festival i believe yes what's your favorite chapter so far, let's see. I don't know the 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 confrontation with um. Fuck, what's his name? Uh, between Priam and Ike, that was that was awesome. Oh yeah, um, that was really that, that well written. Great. That was that was fun to read. Uh, the the fight with Marth uh, when they reunite initially after he goes to meet Algol was good. Um, very fond of that fight scene. So the one of the Pretty much the last like three chapters have been fantastic. I mean, everything before that was great because uh, it it took like your writing quality and writing style from Miracle and just expanded on that in a generally lighter tone. Um, yeah, it's yeah, no, definitely the last three for chapters. Now. I think <laughs> for now, yeah, you can feel <laughs> it coming. Assuming um, I ever continue. Ah, well, we'll see. We'll see for sure. I won't say it's canceled, but I won't say... Uh, on hiatus is the, the key on word. On hiatus. <laughs> yeah. Keep, like, thinking, I should write it, because I do like it, and I would love to see it finished. And I think about the other stuff I want to be doing with my time. So you do the um, things that make you feel like you want to keep doing them, and if you decide later that you want to go back to something else, that's when you do it. True. I want to do this thing, but I yeah, also want to do not really reason for me to say it's canceled, because who's to say I won't have another day where I... Only embarrassing with motivation to continue hunt for Robin. <laughs> Another day <laughs> when you decide to write twenty thousand words. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I know what I'm doing October. today. Yeah. Um, Very quickly, I'm going to vacate my seat for a second because okay. uh, my um, my recording space is basically in our sunroom and the sun is going down and I didn't realize the lights are turned off. <laughs> okay. Sun's getting real low. Um, actually, so there is something I did want to talk about uh, and that's fic length, right? So, and yeah. th this is not... I, I know I said that it sounded like a negative thing. It, I don't intend for it to sound like that. Um, I didn't think it was negative until you said it was negative. Yeah, well, now it is negative. What do you think now, huh? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Okay, hi, Stephen. Um, Missed you. So how do you decide, uh, or do you, when you sit down to start writing something like this, generally how long you think it's going to end up being? Or do you go in just sort of planning to let it go? Because I know you mentioned with Miracle, you were only planning it to be like one chapter, 10,000 words or so. Is that your usual approach to something? Or do you generally keep a more open-ended outlook on it? Um, it definitely depends because I was planning from the beginning for um, almost every other story I've written to be how long it was. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I would get through, like, for an example, uh, Cold Feet is a Fates story I wrote. And um, I was surprised at the end that it turned out to be like 23K or so. But um, it was still a, almost exactly the length of, like, pacing of every scene was pretty much exactly how I wanted it. Right. Um, so while the ultimate length was like, oh, okay, it's that long. Cool. Um, it's ended up being as long as I felt like it would be my head when I was planning the story. Right. Um, stories in general are like that when I've written them, um, like to the out realms, a few chapters got away from me. Like the Harvest Festival one was about like twice as long as I expected. Mm -hmm. It covered every story beat I uh, I wanted to cover. I just probably should have split that into two chapters. Um, well, from what I remember, the first time I read that one, um, it it definitely feels very organic. A lot, like a lot of uh, oh my god, Nick, a lot like the way that um, like Miracle felt. It it. You know, chapter three, the longest chapter in there, I I still will argue that you made the right choice in keeping it the length it was because it felt organic and it felt like beginning to the end, it, it did hit all of the right story beats without staying too long on any of them in particular. Glad you and everyone thinks that. <laughs> everyone. Yes. There are everyone. no <laughs> dissenting opinions. Yeah, um... Chapter 15, I think, of Into the Outrun, well, I haven't written anything else with 15 chapters. So chapter 15, <laughs> only chapter 15. The only one. Um, I actually planned that the same way I did Cold Feet, coincidentally. I actually didn't think of that when I brought them both up. Because they're about the same length, and I structured them the same way. Because both of them tell a story in a cycle, um, where it rotates perspectives between um, Cold Feet, Burns' perspective, then... Uh, Theo and Takumi's perspective, and the retainer's perspective, then Sakura's cycle through and through until eventually all their stories wrap up. And it ends with um, Korn and Azura together at the end. Okay. Um, that was the exact same uh, structure I made for uh, 15. And I think that's why it. I, I want to say that's why it flows so well. But every time I stop myself, like, am I tooting my own horn? Um, it's, uh, that is what intent was to flow better because right. can can feel even if you don't notice it 
and intuit whose story is coming next once you've been through a cycle because you've been because you start thinking hmm, it's been a while since we've heard from brady so uh it, it's brady. more about when when it feels like you should revisit something rather than well it has to happen in this sort of order yeah okay um it does happen in that order right but that, I mean, I guess not all the chapter, or sorry, not all the subplots in that chapter uh, tie into each other. Like, it's not like they all. The order is very deliberate, and the choice of every scene matters. Right, doesn't matter, which is why I could pull off um, cycle story like that. Well, um, and and that speaks to good pacing, I think. Thank you. Um, yeah, when I have a character with a single protagonist, it's harder to switch perspectives. Right. As, uh, I think there are, there are two scenes I can think of in Miracle that don't have Emmerin as the focal character. End of part four, when it shows, when it first shows, hey, it's Crom and Robin. Yeah. It's awakening characters. The audience recognizes, wave and say hi. <laughs> it's, this, it's if you saw the Force Awakens in theaters, it's Han and Chewie show up and the audience claps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Then another time was uh, in the next part. That was part five, actually. I don't know how I mix up part four and five all the time. I wrote them. But you've <laughs> written a lot of things since then, so it's understandable. Yeah. Um, and then in part six, when it's rapidly switching between Robin and Emran's perspective to make you think he's leaving at the same time that they're arriving, but it's actually separated by two hours. Yeah, that, few was, hours. that was pretty creative. Yeah, I liked that. Um, I think those are the only two times it wasn't Emmerich's perspective in the whole story. And um, there were a couple times, actually, that uh, I didn't end up uh, writing. So it's, I couldn't call them cut scenes. But uh, there were definitely parts where I was thinking, cut to, like, Hendrick's perspective of this or whatever in part seven. Mm -hmm. um, uh, though, on the subject of part seven... Um, I was talking earlier about how it was so much shorter. It was going to end with part six originally. I was actually halfway through. It wasn't even like an early plan. My plan plan was to end at part six. About halfway through, I thought of how I could do an epilogue. To clear up things with there. Well, I'm, I'm glad you did do the epilogue too, because um, as, as much as it, I think it could have stood on its own uh, ending in part six, but part seven, it gives you a lot more time to sort of wind down and take in everything that's happened. Which I mean, obviously, that's the point of an epilogue, right? Yeah. But it, go ahead. It didn't just seem focused on setting up for a continuation. It established what Emran's sort of goals were moving forward, and left that open to interpretation. If you chose not to move on and read into the outrealms, exactly. Um, very. I'm very happy. I think, or like, I feel like the story needed part seven to work mm -hmm. as a. Uh, Seven kind of rounds out her character arc. The whole lot of the story is her like dragged along. Um, even in the earliest drafts, my character arc for her was constantly getting dragged along, and finally at the end, she has a spine to go and do something. Right. And her doing something is uh, most basically going up to Krom and saying, "I'm leaving now," and because I want to go on an adventure. Um, so he's saying she has a spine for some reason. Now I'm just thinking of the rest of the story 
up to that point, except now she's in a wheelchair. <laughs> if you like wheelchairs, read into the Out Realms. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's correct. Yep. Uh, Nick, like did it. you read Dissonance yet? No, I didn't. Uh, like I said, I don't read as much as I used to. Most of my reading is, um, I've got two novels I'm working on that I've been working on for like four months now. And then, um, then when we do reading, I haven't written much since my laptop decided to take an absolute shit because I can't, I can't write at my desk. I have to do it somewhere else. Um, and then reading fix for the review stuff. Uh, because most of the time, man, I get off work and I just want to like turn my brain off for a while. Yeah. Uh, uh, reading is an ordeal sometimes. Yeah. Um, even if it's something not that heavy, it's forcing yourself to look at words on a page when you could be watching funny cartoon. That correct. Whatever. Yes. Funny cartoon make happy smile. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And then you're like, I will watch Avatar. And then you're like, oh, no, I cry. Yeah, I actually am re-watching Avatar. I have two Don't episodes Don't You went to watch Avatar, but then you just replayed all of Halo again. No, I did both. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. Same time for optimal experience. It is. Like, okay, look. The, the media companies that I grew up with have decided that right now is the best time to release all of the things that I enjoyed at the same time as a younger me. <laughs> That's not my fault. Even a Half-Life game. I know, right? Keep crossing our fingers for that Mass Effect trilogy. I Just as long as they don't try to fix the Mako. Sure, no, I just four. don't want them to fix anything. <laughs> I, I want Shepard's head to do a 360 every time he does like a moderate turn. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen videos of that. Uh, I Deal know this it. is going off on a slight tangent again, but my, I still maintain that the best bug I ever had in the original trilogy I was standing there in Udina's office in Mass Effect 3 and he's yelling at me and then his eyes just slowly start floating up out of his head <laughs> and off screen sounds like he was a little outraged <laughs> you know yeah, you always like looking down on everyone else rage <laughs> anyway back to fan fiction alright Let's have a back to fan fiction counter. Yeah. Edit in a ding every time someone says that. Uh, see, that would be great for the video, but the uh, that would probably not go great on the audio end. It's more of a visual gag. <laughs> Just the sound of someone taking a long sip from whatever drink they're playing the drinking game with. Oh, you mean me when I'm editing? I just keep my mic on while I'm editing. <laughs> Every time I take a drink, you can hear it. <laughs> Nick live streams himself editing, but doesn't say anything or do anything engaging. Just occasionally Sips. takes a sip. Starts stream and then minimizes Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at the chat, nothing. Forget you have the webcam on, go to bed, wake up the next morning, you're banned from Twitch. <laughs> one little when you get you get a sub and you look at the camera annoyed and mute that laptop. <laughs> That's you just and mute then the someone like flips the whole stream and it's just like lo-fi editing nicks to, st <laughs> to study, study and relax too. <laughs> <laughs>
every time I sip, it's like super distorted and lo-fi. It's like recorded onto a kid's play school tape deck and then played back through like some hi-fi speakers over my snowball. It's the content people want. Exactly. <laughs> this is how we'll get the hipsters. I was going to say it's not the content people want, but it's probably the content they deserve. <laughs> it's, the, it's the content I'll make. Whether they want or deserve it or not, it's what they're going to get. They want to deserve it. <laughs> hey, Jesse, uh, do you have any questions? Anything you want to talk about? I only read Miracle, and I don't know what to ask. <laughs> I have no idea. I keep thinking about chiming in and saying something. And I'm like, I don't I don't know. Krom's really cool. He has a sword. He does cool. <laughs> have a sword. Jesse's sword. just happy to be here. <laughs> you know. We're happy to have you here, Jesse. That's <laughs> why you're our special guest. protagonist in the series to start with his legendary weapon as soon as you get him. <laughs> oh shit, you're right. Yeah. Second closest is Corrin, but you get that in chapter 5. I hadn't thought about that. Byleth, I mean, I don't remember what chapter. It's probably like four or three, but it's like 20 hours into the game. Oh, so. when you get the sword? Uh, no, it's... Well, okay, the I guess because I it's like the, because it's I the never fourth or rest. fifth month. Yeah, yeah. You're resting. resting Why? Make, just make it come back between fights. I'll Give me less charges. I'll use it way more. Which is the <laughs> point, I know. I don't want you to use it all the time. Yeah. See, the funny thing about our dynamic, because... Like, when we're not recording, Jesse's probably the most likable, like, generally, out of us. <laughs> and this is probably reflected in, like, every, every like, tabletop game we play. Jesse always ends up being the protagonist. <laughs> probably because he's the least likely to do something stupid and die. Well, it just works out. <laughs> A uh, little peek behind the curtain here. The three of us have actually... We only did one session of it so far. But Steven decided to run a one-piece tabletop game for the two one of us. Piece? So it that's fun. It was so terrible. It was fun. But it was so good. So good. I'm a dirt man! <laughs> oh. So was there... Um, I feel like uh, there was something else you were going to bring up before we started talking about the before i mentioned the uh, the thick length and the uh, sort of the writing approach um i was still talking about miracle's length and stuff okay or sorry not miracles well it's original length right made up miracle you could say the air exchange that's mm -hmm. a reference hmm. um <laughs> but yeah it was like it would have been a really different story oh i i found my note where i talked about this specifically um, whole, uh, the whole story would have been more spiritual and positive if sad at times. Something like Forrest Gump. <laughs> My exact words. All right. My mom always uh, told me. Yeah. Life is like a tome of heels. My sister always told me. <laughs> cry, love. Run, Emrin, run. What <laughs> Forrest Gump specifically? I, mean, I don't know. Um, That's yeah. It is a very. Yeah, it probably would have touched uh, on more Air Emblem Awakenings events instead of pretty much uh, Air Emerin died in the Desert of Plagia, died quote-unquote, um, Palm Harbor, and 
the sanctuary, not sanctuary, the village mm -hmm. where she's bound in 20x. I would take a story just like sits at a bus stop and just like <laughs> lectures all the people who are sitting down about how she was actually there in the background of all of the events for Fire Emblem and like, Awakening. Like people are coming and going the whole time and she's not like starting <laughs> over every time it's someone new. She just continues talking. And the last person is just like, are you telling me we've been sitting next to the former exalt? <laughs> The entire, the entire time. time. It's been six days. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. We had to get through the pirates twice. And she opens her little <laughs> box and says, would you like a fire emblem jam? <laughs> Pirate ship. That's a horrible fire. idea. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I also mentioned last time that uh whole Imran thing was kind of a twist originally. Mm-hmm. Title of the chapter you recruiter in the paralogue is um, a hard miracle, which is where the title comes from. I do remember Origin that. Yeah. Yes. Originally, the title was just going to be a hard miracle. So, like, great twist. <laughs> yeah, a fire emblem fic titled that would probably give it away immediately. Yeah. Um, the, I think I think shortening the title was definitely the the right choice there. I agree. It definitely rolls uh, off a little bit better. One of the um, twists near the end of Dissonance is that a character has the skill Miracle, which is a gameplay thing from Awakening. Mm -hmm. I wonder if people who are like following my stories because of Dissonance, for some reason Dissonance exploded, even though... It, uh, uh, anyway. That's always the way uh, it happens, right? Yeah, it just happens. Um, yeah, so I was wondering if people would think that that would have something to do with... Uh, title of the next story i write after dissonance a miracle <laughs> something to do with miracle was had such a big thing to do with dissonance well only for one scene but it was still an important scene it's a pretty big pretty big scene i'm assuming yeah um the dissonance is still kind of cool i still think it's cool i still intend to read it i just i would like to finish into the out realms first <laughs> Just because I, I have a hard time focus on, <laughs> focusing on reading multiple stories at the same time. Um, I, I like to, especially if it's a longer story, do it all straight through rather than bouncing back and forth. Because if I, if I pull myself away from something like that, there's only like a 20% chance I'm actually going to go back to it. Even if it's you something I love, I, I, it's, I just won't it'll be hard for me to motivate myself to go back into that same experience again. I don't know if that makes like any sense. Like how you started Persona 5 and then stopped and never came back. Uh, it's not true. I came back to it like a month ago. Did you come back since then? Don't at me. <laughs> so Dissonance is short. It's uh, 11 chapters, really, because the 12th was author notes one. Right. Uh, which is kind of... That's the only part of it I really can't read because that was uh, me thinking I was funny five years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oof. See, I yeah. will say, uh, I, I'm just going to throw it all out there. As far as um, as far as dissonance goes, because uh, I can't remember if we went over this the last time, but what I have told Nick and Jesse is out of the three parts, dissonance is definitely the weakest to me. 
Yeah. And it is the one I have the hardest time going back to in that trilogy. In here, honestly. Um, There are a few chapters I still like. Every now and again, I reread the epilogue again. Um, Sometimes I think there was something I said there that I want to pay off. Some lines from that I still haven't paid off in Into the Out Realms that I did plan ahead. Um, But also, like, chapter four, which is the biggest things always happen in chapter fours of my story <laughs> so, every story i write that's the true Four. secret you read the fourth chapter of every story the repeats ever written and you'll find the real story <laughs> they fit together it's the like fourth word of every fourth donut. chapter yeah even making i mentioned last time i'm making like a fire emblem kind of game chapter four of that is also the turning point of that story too <laughs> oh hell yes but uh, what was i saying Oh, right it had nothing to do with reading it was uh story is really easy to read i think like almost on a childish level because um when i first started writing fan fiction i was like for a long time i've been writing fan fiction on my own since like seventh grade i right. wrote uh, i've part uh richard stone's fan fiction in seventh grade that was Tales of the War of the Stones. <laughs> it was just it's for the best that I, the laptop that had on it was that had it on it was uh, destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, having written many short stories in my life, I can sympathize with that quite sure. strongly. Yeah, See, yeah. My, my old shame has been immortalized on my fanfiction.net page, it and has. I don't I'll have send you a link to get rid of it. I, I I'll send you a link to his fanfiction page. Oh God, I hate it so much. It's like, okay if you I go through your follows, um, to you'll find it. his account. That is that is somebody's like trashy first fan fiction that they're like, oh, I love this so much. When they start reading it, <laughs> and I can't bring myself to take it down for that reason. But it's one of those because things... I was there once. I like read my first trashy story and figured out that I liked fan fiction and thought it was great, and I still get like the occasional push in my inbox from someone who's like lol this so amazing and i'm like you do you kid someday you'll have taste but it's not today (laughs) read a short one shot fire emblem 4 fan fiction in like 2013 i was like i cannot find a spelling error in this (laughs) that just blew my mind so hard that i was like maybe the genre is redeemable Yeah, so what I was getting at was I've been writing fan fiction my entire life, but I first uploaded in 2015. I was mm-hmm. 19 um, because I had like an inspiration to write a complete Pokemon fan fiction called Love and Battles, uh, which I still think is good and underrated. Um, <laughs> I was, no like, shame here, plug away. Work underrated. Plug away. Yeah. <laughs> The writing is a little rough because of uh, just how I was at the time. Because it was 2015. Yeah, it was Abby's first fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's uploaded. Yep. I know how that goes. For. Um, yeah, so back in the early days of when I would write, I was like, right, I'm not going to be, you know, stereotype whatever so i was like and to identify in words what do i like 
or what do I think are like falls with writing fan fiction? Mm-hmm. Um, I already didn't like self insert, so I didn't have to worry about that at all. But um, there was a tendency I noticed for fan fiction to be really melodramatic, which goes back oh, to what yeah. we were talking earlier about hurt comfort. Right. Um, I was like, I'm never going to be too dramatic if there's if it, things are getting too sad. Throw in a joke or something. And uh, there have definitely been times I've been tempted to just let it ride, but I'm like, oh, it's been a long time since there's been levity. I want people to be having fun right now. Um, this is why the first story I uploaded was a comedy. <laughs> um, why the second one I uploaded, which is Morgan, um, is like it's a really miserable premise, but it's funny. People have said, man, this would have been really sad if it weren't so funny. I mean, I'm like, thank you for saying that. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I should wanted... take this horribly sad, horrible, depressing source material and make me laugh. Yeah, I think if people have some fun and are then brought down, you know. You, you set them up so that when you knock them down, it hurts even more. I think, um, again, mine and Nick's favorite fan fiction ever it's a very serious story <laughs> like all in all but it has some of like the funniest laugh out loud garbage to happen in it like just this huge there because it's three separate stories one is like an interlude but during these two enormous like very serious epic sprawls both of them have like one enormous chapter that's almost entirely dedicated to just stupid comedy bullcrap. Yeah, I love it. It completely breaks... Like, when I say it breaks up the flow of the story, I mean that in the best possible way. Because it keeps you from getting way too bogged down in just how absolutely awful the things that are happening to these people is. The stakes are so high. Yeah, It's like, oh, wow, we're all going to die. Let me just kick this small child down a flight of stairs real quick. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Don't forget the part where his head, like, clips the door frame <laughs> and takes the chunk out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget the fact that the child is heavily injured yeah. with third-degree burns covering most of his That's body. Correct. It's very yeah, much sure. a slapstick comedy. Sure, in context, that's a comedy. <laughs> it, it's, um, it's a Ranma one-half fic. So, are you I've familiar with Ronma One Half at all? I'm familiar, but I've never seen it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Basically, it's the original Love Dodecahedron. Yeah. Where it's... like everybody likes somebody, but they're the formula is set so that there's the a healthy relationship between any two people is impossible. Yeah. And naturally, it's a martial arts comedy uh, on the surface. Yeah. Martial art. Oh, the show. Now, here's the part where we'll probably lose you. It's yep. a crossover with Sailor Moon. That it is. <laughs> is that the one we're talking we about? We have not reviewed it. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, it's sim- similar vein, but a-, a different approach to storytelling. Okay. I was wondering if that yeah, was the one guys... where Jesse just could not remember <laughs> any of the character's name. <laughs> I think someday maybe we will get Jesse to read that one. Well, but, I'm um... bad with like any Japanese names. Uh. I guess for context at this point, we should probably just go ahead and address it. Um, this particular fic, it's it's by an author named Claymade, who has been writing. How long has this been going on? Like 
10? Let me pull it up, because Dark Lords has been a long time. Yeah, so the first the first part of it is called the Dark Lords of Narama. Uh, the second part is the Dark Lords Strike Back, and it's a fifth as long as the first part is, because it is meant to be an interlude. Um, okay, Dark Lords of Narama was published on May 30th, 2007. Oh my god. And, and then uh, the, most, the current installment of Dark Lords Ascended 2007. was published oh my in god. 2012, back in July. And the assuming it's chapter. not dead, it hasn't been updated since February last year. But, but I he's remember done this before. it takes him a while to do chapters. I remember texting Nick on it's February on, 19th of oh. this year. And I remember saying, Nick, it's been a year since Dark Lords updated. Which means we're that much closer to another chapter. Yeah, it's it's very much like Berserk in that, oh god, it's been a year and a half since this last updated. Oh, that means there's one coming soon. <laughs> so the quality of the writing is such, and, and the investment that you get in the story is such that you, you don't mind how long it takes to get another chapter out because they're really good. <laughs> and the end is freaking in sight. Like, yeah. we're almost there. Like, the next chapter might Ooh. be an epilogue. The, the major plot points have all resolved themselves. It's just clean up now. And oh. it's a 13-year story. How <laughs> how long, Stephen? How many words in each part? Oh, I was okay. going to ask. This is... Like uh, this is one of those fics that I like to measure uh, in the uh, the metric of Harry Potter's. Yeah. Because uh, cool. the first chunk is two hundred and thirty thousand two hundred ninety seven words, and then the interlude chunk is seventy six thousand two hundred ninety seven so like words. Quarter the length of the uh, the first one. And then the current part is up to three hundred eighty seven thousand five hundred nineteen words. Yeah. So it's like two thirds of a million words. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's a long story but it's good it's like worth that investment mm -hmm. there's a reason we love it so much but you know it's it's, it lets itself be funny oh absolutely like, well because it's one of those things where a lot like the fire emblem stuff that you write that the humor is present in the source material like the, the juxtaposition of the horrible violence of war and the potential for the end of the world but also <laughs> funny jokes. Um, and one Ronald of our grading criteria. A dumb sort of shallow comedy harem anime, right? And Sailor Moon is, on the one hand, it's big, big heroes and epic battles and the end of the world, but also it's a monster of the week comedy. So if you go too far in one direction, you have to compensate with the other. Kind of... Uh was realizing when you said like sudden just absurd ridiculous chapter i was thinking that i was going to get into how i've kind of drifted away from that ideology of uh letting ridiculous things happen or sorry just like not letting myself get too serious this miracle was the first story where i was just like there's gonna be levity i'll sneak in at some point i'm sure but i definitely <laughs> want this whole story to be serious right because um, dissonance had funnies and stuff. Um, then I thought of the Out Realms Chapter Ten, which I would consider later, later stage repeat storytelling. <laughs> because there's a scene like three quarters of the way through that's of this like super heavy chapter. Three quarters of the way through, there's this one scene that's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> if you remember 
when you from you rereading it it's the part with shanna oh right yeah okay yep yeah <laughs> i was because it's one of those things where I, since i read it all today yeah the chapter breaks are there but it does all kind of yeah. blur together where, where those lines are blur together for me too sometimes like, i, I mean, remember yeah and you wrote the thing. it was the longest uh, so, yeah, chapter 10 because it was my favorite and chapter 4 because it was the turning point I think in the matter of fan fiction that was a good one what what kind of works with it because you have to sort of think because Fire Emblem sort of as our case study here Fire Emblem yeah it takes itself seriously but also it doesn't take itself seriously not too at sadly. certain intervals it has a specific balance to it and the darkest and stories think, of uh right so, or just like complete comic relief characters i i think part of writing a good fan fiction for a specific work part of that includes kind of feeling out where that balance is of where yeah, work does it doesn't take itself seriously and figuring out how to emulate that same balance yeah, so I agree completely. Um, Sorry, I was like, it was definitely. I actually originally when I first started, um, I was like, another pitfall is people would say fuck too much fan fiction. <laughs> this is pokey. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, I had a rule of like, don't too much outside of how the game would. Um, you want to keep it consistent. Yeah. So uh, I broke that rule eventually. <laughs> I think what it kind of comes down to for that is like, how uh, how how many curse words are you going to put in a character's dialogue before they start sounding like they're not a person anymore? Yeah. <laughs> um, a miracle was actually the first story where I broke that rule because uh, uh, Martin the merchant says bullshit, <laughs> the word Emran should learn. Right, but like, like the third word she ever needs to learn is bullshit. bullshit. You got to be able to call it. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I had a couple other characters say shit throughout the. Um, but for me, it was like, oh, I'm so bad, and I wrote resurrection sucks because Lucas said four times in that story. <laughs> once, in, once each in the first two chapters, and twice in the third chapter. Open up that doc, hit Control F, type in fucking, make sure that number stays below four. <laughs> more than one per chapter four four letter words for chapter four oh, yeah curse words wrote, what are those <laughs> wrote a really indulgent half-life of a few I weeks saw ago that. yeah and, i haven't uh, read it yet but i, I did see was, that yeah thought it for a while i was like man i really don't care about my rule anymore because of how much the characters say fuck in that story and I was like, wait, no, this is Half-Life. <laughs> yeah. This is Fire Emblem. I forget. This is a rated M franchise for once. Give Again, it's free. like, it's the game of matching tones. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, there, there's also, like, sort of the metric of writing the story you want to write and, like, sort of purposing the uh, the elements of the existing material to what you want to make versus emulating that material effectively well, so it's go ahead I was, and i think like there is a place in fan fiction and for literature in general for like the grimdark type of stories right that Agreed. appeals to a very specific 
mentality, a very specific desire for the thing you're going to read. But with fan fiction in particular, a lot of the reasons that people go to these stories in these specific universes that use these certain canons as their bases, it's because I want they like, more of thing. Yeah, they like yeah. that tone. They want they want more outside of that just what the official material has given them. So if you can maintain because people them, want it so bad, can yeah. uh, use that against them. Yeah, it's a weapon I use in Into the Out Realms. You use it quite well. It seems like an adventure <laughs> in uh, like Fire Emblem Awakenings kind of style of adventure for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it has a couple of twists, and then um, it's, and later, uh, past a point that is readable at the moment, it turns miserable. Well, so, because. Uh, one of the things that you did in Into the Out Realms that definitely sort of fits the Fire Emblem storytelling is it's compartmentalized within the larger narrative. So, like, you've got the overarching, like, search for Robin, but the majority of the story so far has been the Einerjar. The You've noticed that my ability to speak is degraded. Inherjar, is that it? Inherjar. Inherjar. Just call them. You better get out of her yard. Ein her yard. Ein her yard. Okay, I I will just try call to them keep that. Ian. I refuse, Stephen. <laughs> I refuse. Um, oh, and EJ. and that's my buddy EJ over there. EJ. <laughs> hey, you get out of her yard. Just imagine Marth, but with like a pocket protector and nerdy glasses, <laughs> and his trading <laughs> cards are sitting in the pocket. Um, no, but that, that compartmentalized sort of storytelling very much mirrors, at least in Awakening's case, the way that the story is told in-game. We're so good at this long silence thing. I know, right? It's great. <laughs> I didn't even notice it until you said something. I was thinking about what to say. Again, I had another one of those moments where I'm like, oh, my internet connection might have just died. We'll see. It's been and again, I think today. it's it's because it's kind of the challenge of and sort of the question of what kind of fan fiction you want to write because like i i'll find stuff that like i enjoy that is like completely divergent from the sort of tone and style of the source material right and i might go yeah that that was interesting but i'm probably not going to recommend it because it's um it's not what I came here for. I didn't enjoy it because I enjoyed Thing. I, I I like enjoyed it because it had its own sort of appeal. But that's... but then when you're coming for, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's its own sort of new sort of discovery. That's a good thing in itself, right? Because that means that you you went there expecting one thing, but what you got was an author whose style that you liked. Yeah, I definitely. I agree because uh, some of the favorite stories I've ever read are uh, are dark ones. Mm-hmm. I talked about it last time. Um, Fame Genius and Queen of Sorrow in particular. Yeah, and I believe I linked as many of those as I could find directly in the um, comment section of that video. I actually ended up reading all of uh, Another Again, which was pretty enjoyable actually not cut up on another again <laughs> yeah around like chapter 23 or so um usually he would upload the chapter and then 
and me. Oh, I edited for that story. I don't know if I mentioned that. Right, you baited on that one. Oh wait, did yeah. you mention that? I don't think I did. Okay. Um. Yeah, starting like chapter eleven, I asked him like, "Hey, this chapter had some typos. I'm in love with your story. Would you mind if I edit for you?" I I love editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, which apparently is there, according to people who've edited for, they were like, <laughs> "You seriously too? Like you came to me?" Uh, um yeah so like he uploaded chapter 23 or something and usually he would upload the chapter and then send me the copy to revise that was at the time i was like come on (laughs) heading it out there first people will read the copy that i didn't edit um and then he would uh, edit it with a bit slayer with your notes Um, yeah he uploaded chapter 23 and i was like i will wait patiently for him to send me a copy and then he must have forgotten or something. It's like, oh, editing, what is this? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it happens. Because Sometimes he would have you like just... six months breaks or something and then uh, upload a chapter. And then he would message me saying something like, hey, I know it's been a while. I don't know if you're still up for this kind of thing. So it was probably just that again. Yeah. Well, plus, sometimes you can do the same thing every day for a month in the same order. And then one day you just forget one of the steps. Like, it happens. Absolutely. I know it happens to me oh. constantly. So I think he's only up- uploaded like two chapters since then. I feel like it's been a really long time since the story updated. It happens. I mean, again, it's a it's a place where you're providing. But I mean, I don't, I don't have to tell you this. It's a bunch of content you're providing people for free. Sometimes you just don't have the time. Again, when given the choice between thing I want to do and thing I want to do, but I can make money doing it, which would you do? Yeah. 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 <laughs> the story's so good, though. Look at what I do for a living right now. Yeah, that's the one that's not dark. Yeah, really. I said last time that it's like uh, it feels like a story I would write because it's got the kind of I feel like it's not so much that it's a story I would write as it's also a story that's going for the original flavor of uh, Fire Emblem with like uh, although he does say fuck more. Oh no! <laughs> I Ruined. do think one of the Can't things about that story. Too many fucks. And I, I would say this about your stories, too, because I think they're very tonally <laughs> consistent with the source material and with doing uh, sort of what the source material does. But does it make sense if I also say you're it feels like you're putting much more thought into it than the writers of the game put into it? And that's just something that I feel sure. like most readers appreciate. Thought period. <laughs> I mean, definitely if they ever had a an idea of how to handle Emmerin's sacrifice, it was probably something where they were like, we're not going to have time for that, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things just didn't get enough for time. Not like I can speak for Japanese developers. But, uh... Yeah, the big part of it is, like, Fire Emblem is one of those things that is, like, how do I say this? It's deceptive in how complex it makes you think it is yeah but it's a it's a lot simpler than uh it gives you the implication of it being it's got the illusion so i think what a lot of stories that people enjoy do is instead of giving the implication of complexity it actually follows through on that yeah it uh he's into the uh it fills in the gaps well, I mean, there's the potential for a lot to be there. And for the purposes of a fun adventure strategy game, that's really all you need. 
but it leaves a lot open for the interpretation of fans like you and other authors to come in and say, well, actually, we can expand on that. Yeah, and I think Fire Emblem Awakening exemplifies that because yeah. it has so much uh, it doesn't explain, mm -hmm. uh, but it, like, leaves hints, maybe. So, like, that's probably why I've uh, been so fascinated about writing fanfiction for that game in particular because it's far from my favorite Fire Emblem game or favorite story. Right. Favorite one is the Sacred Stones, but I can never think of something to write about it because it already feels really complete. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, well, here's my next question for you. If you had to write a fanfic called Byleth's Gardening Extravaganza, what would it be about? Um, it would be about Byleth having an uncomfortable fixation on gardening when he should be worrying about the war. <laughs> but, if I, Off the top I, of my head. but if I spend more I story behind to this. treat my plants, I'll get a better yield out of them. I gotta come back every day to, to make sure they're boost okay. that professor level. Off, Edelgard. I'm buttering my azaleas. <laughs> Look what you've done to my peonies! Aragals! I may not know my flowers, but I know a bitch when I see one! <laughs> and she's actually just talking to Edelgard. <laughs> see, uh, this is off topic, but I I've been... Maybe this Here came up last topic. time. I've been playing... Um, Three Houses as the female by left. I have as well. And whenever I'm going around at the school, I like make her wear like the dancer outfit because it somehow feels less skimpy than her normal clothes. Yeah. A little bit, actually. Yeah, I can see that. I think what it really does is it makes her look... And my wife pointed this out to me about why I probably preferred it, uh, especially before the time skip. It makes her look a bit older, which helps when there's all the other people her age who are also students. <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes her look like she's dressed more like Manuela. I'm a little more professionally. Yeah. At least um, professionally in the context of a Fire Emblem officer's training school. <laughs> like your your combat uniform doesn't really look like a combat uniform it's anime world nick the practicality of your uniform is directly proportional to the amount of skin you're showing when you're a female look respectfully a naked woman is practically invincible oh is that That's why the Yoko kill the kill. was so strong <laughs> we both went for two different Trigger animes. <laughs> <laughs> what did Jesse say? That's the plot of Kill la Kill, and I just referenced Gurren Lagann. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been going for a little over an hour. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap this up? Yeah, um, I wanted to talk more about... Um... We had a perfect segue earlier, but I let it go. Oh. Couldn't hold the back was, anymore. By all means, hop on and give it a ride. The segue, <laughs> I mean. Um, I wanted to get into, like, motivation. And yeah. uh, I, I stopped writing. Well, I thought I retired, but apparently not. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Just kicking and screaming. Yeah. Bring him back. 
<laughs> all the royalties will, will go to you. All the ad revenue on my next story will go to you. Yes. Yeah, like uh, all three cents. Fan fiction money. Yeah. So, um, a big reason why I stopped writing was um, it sounds stupid when I say it, but it's um, it probably because... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Um, but it was kind of vain. It was because I would like write this whole long story that I put a lot of heart into, and then it would get two reviews. Um, it, it's it's really vain to be like, "Oh, no one's paying attention to me. I'm not going to do this." Because anytime I would get a review, it was always, you know. Should be. I'm writing it for them, or I'm writing it for me. Right. Um, not having that dopamine rush of validation was honestly. I think that's a lot more valid than you think yeah. it is. Um, my wife floats around uh, in fan fiction communities on Tumblr that I will ha never have anything to deal with because it's it's a fandom that I just have no interest in. But I think um, I know the one you're talking about. Yes. Curiosity's sake, what is it? um thomas sanders yeah oh yeah right doesn't she run i not to completely out your wife or anything here doesn't she run a sanders sides blog or something she does okay. she runs a sanders sides blog on tumblr but um something that comes up a lot there because their their whole community is big on fan fiction mm -hmm. and uh something that comes up a lot there is like sort of how feedback is kind of the uh, it's the oil that keeps the fan fiction machine running, yeah. and because the just keeping it going off of your own motivation, off of your own desire to see something done is one thing, but you have to be like pretty like single mindedly focused on that thing, which isn't impossible, and it's not a bad thing either, but it's difficult to do something like that. But when you're getting positive feedback, when people are enjoying it, and especially if it feels like you're a part of a community toward it, then at that point, like the motivation levels spike. And like you said, you get that dopamine rush that says, mm, positive reinforcement. I'm going to write some more. Well, and I mean, the same goes for any form of art, honestly. Um, if you're doing something truly for yourself and for no other motivation, you'd have no reason to share it with the world, right? You share it with the world because you want other people, even subconsciously, you want other people to see what you're doing. And whether they're giving you feedback or not, you, you appreciate the attention for it. Um, so if you're not getting any of that and and what little you get it doesn't really expand on anything, you don't really have a reason to continue sharing that. You don't feel like I don't know. I Stop me if I if, if you feel like I'm not speaking for you. Um, which is not my intent. I'm speaking from my own experiences making and producing. Um, Stop! In the name of love. Can I continue? Or should I can't? Sure. Okay. Um, no, it's... I honestly lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Fuck. Wow. I, yeah. uh, <laughs> anyway, no, it's, it's... If you're not getting that feedback, that interaction, that motivation, it really can sap any desire to continue because well, what's the point if no one's going to help me try and improve or what's the point if no one's going to smile when they when they see what i've made or when they read the story i've written yeah um one's gonna see oh wow 
Into the Out Realms upload, uploaded chapter 18 after two years. Let me go read it and review. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Chapter 18 actually still doesn't have any reviews, but it doesn't bother me that much. Compared to, compared to the... He says. <laughs> to the... Uh, chapter 17, when I don't have anything, anything to say about that, really, but that was a lot more of a punch in the gut than uh, the chapter 18 stuff, because... Can kind of accept it, like once it's complete, if it's ever complete, is when it'll get almost said the attention it deserves. It'll get. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll be more willing to comment, I think, if it's uh, <laughs> if there's more to talk about. It's like, well, he's not done with it yet, so maybe I should hold back and see if he does anything. <laughs> well, and he, Stephen mentioned the fan fiction scene on Tumblr, and I'm pretty active on Tumblr in general. And the most, the single most common thing I see authors and fanfiction writers and fanfic authors say is replies and comments are the most valuable form of interaction. Even if it's just to say, wow, I loved it, or, or this was great, or just to, to quote something and, and laugh or like, how dare you? That, that's the, wow, someone sees this, someone recognizes this, someone's actually reading what I'm writing. Yeah, when I would review other stories, I tried to be the the reviewer I wanted to see yeah. in the world. Um, like, for another again, I would leave these long essays on every chapter about things I liked or details I noticed he snuck in or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, and you've seen my reviews so on your stuff. I'm basically the same yeah. way. <laughs> it feels so good to get a review like that. Um, so what you're saying is Steven needs to read got... chapter 18. I will do it as soon as I read the other 17 chapters again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, even um, a couple of negative reviews I got. Like, there was one I got for Miracle that was uh, in-depth that I enjoyed. Um, there was another one for another story of mine called Lies for Children. Actually, by the author who wrote another again, he reviewed that story. Mm -hmm. I think he's a fan of the pairing, Laszlo and Perry. Um, he found the story unprompted. But uh, he had a long critique of that story that I very much appreciated. Um, but yeah, just like having things to say is so great. Well, yeah, absolutely. I kind of think reviews like, wow, this is so great, can't wait for next chapter. I think that's like a half step up from not leaving a review. Like, right. It's elitist to say that because obviously I was being very kind to take time out of their day to say that. It's, uh, still and, feels like... I mean, you, How you about can... people who are like, when next chapter? <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. like, you, can, you can feel that way while still acknowledging that people don't like technically owe you anything just as much as you don't owe them the next chapter. You know? Absolutely. They definitely don't... I, yeah. There's nothing totally. wrong with wanting more. Like it's a community interaction. To be more active in telling you the things that they want. I got one in, uh, not interview, one review from uh, old chapter 18. Someone just replied in like normal. Uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I forgot to take down the April Fool's chapter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like yeah, it's an April Fool's chapter, and not me admitting it's dead. No, it's it's gonna stay up. Yeah, it's, you can skip it if you want. 
It's a joke. Oh, I, Dissonance's reviews were a minefield. <laughs> was, story got by far the most reviews of any of my stories. It has like 80-something. Um, but there would be trolls who would find it and leave replies like seven chapters in a row where they just completely missed the point and called me an asshole and a pedophile. Um, so those were probably my least favorite reviews. Feel they like, are fun. feel like those people don't quite understand what they're reading. No, I don't I, think they do. They I feel said, like they, they kind of missed the point a little bit. Yeah, they, they called it a bashing Sumia promoting Na, who's a child. She's not a child. <laughs> I mean, also, they're all like... That either. The children are all like of marrying age. Yeah. Robin can canonically marry Na, can't they're he? They're adults. Man. Every character in that's... Every character that is playable and controllable in Fire Emblem is an adult in Awakening. Like, I get how they're missing the point, but they're still missing the point completely. They said, oh, they said something along the lines of, after the, the twist reveal in that story, that um, I was going back and I was just doing this because everyone hated the story at first. That was why I changed it. Okay. Would you like to see my notes, sir? <laughs> Would you like to see? Here is my outline. The first seven chapters before I started uploading. Would you like to see the proof? <laughs> New fic published into the outline. <laughs> <laughs> we dive deep into the gates of my Microsoft Word documents. Yeah. Uh, Make sure you don't get any outline sickness. Outline sickness. Oh no! But so yeah, look at the shade start the rest of the arc. Being able to come up with a satisfying way to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, yeah. So it's also a good segue into another reason of like motivation going away. Because part of me thought that like I still think my ideas coming up are cool. But some part of me rationalized it as I'm sure the planning part will be um, is the is what makes it look interesting, and I'll have trouble executing it that well. Because um, have a couple of stories that were executed well, a couple of stories were not. Um, but so, you never and know until you put it on the paper. Right? Of, uh, uh, pride writing on it, I guess, because of how long it is and how much time I spent on it. Right. Um, so, like. The Alt Realms was kind of lapsing under its own size, I guess, in my mind. Mm -hmm. It's like, the more I write, the more, like, stuff there is to pay off. Right. Um, there are characters and plot lines I added as, like, a side. Like, this would be interesting if this happened, um, which I do a lot in a lot of my stories. Um, the whole Robin romance subplot was like that in Miracle of. But then I, but then because I made that, I thought, okay, now I have to pay that off, which I do. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of other stuff like that. Like, Severa wasn't planned around and in, Into the Outruns very much at first. Um, but I added oh, that whole subplot with her. Six, the, the flashback chapter. Mm -hmm. The half flashback chapter. Um, so just a lot of stuff like that becomes very bulky to deal with with a story this large. I'm sure. Um, there's so many character arcs there's so much that I have to pay off 
and that I have to pay off in a satisfying way and that has to not conflict with the story ideas I have or else I'll have to redo those, which I do and I have done and I'm supposed to do as a competent writer, allegedly. (laughs) uh, Sometimes the story has its own ideas, right? Yeah. Um, It's hard to let go. And even though I can let go and I've shown in the past that I can let go, uh, I it's uh, an emotional burden, I guess, that uh, I have to take, I have to go back up and know what I was thinking, what I was planning here, or like what this paid off, what now needs to be paid off instead to change it, Stuff like that. Well, and this is kind of a, a phrase that I hate because it used to get thrown around all the time, but it applies specifically to before you finish something, right? The whole, the idea of, you're your own worst critic. Like when it's something that you've spent all this time on and it's not done yet and you know you want to you kind of want to finish it someday but you're not sure and you you've got all this invested in the only person who really is I guess I guess feeling that sort of fear is you. And that doesn't invalidate that. It it just means that the only way to really know if it's ever going to work is to do it. Whether you decide to do it or not, you know, it's, it's, it, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess, I think I'm you. yeah, I, I guess my point is that's a totally normal thing to feel given, especially with the length of Into the Out Realms and how much depth you've put into it so far. It's, I totally understand why you feel that sort of stress when you think about that. Yeah. And there's always the possibility that I've forgotten something. Yeah. Like, I've missed out on an arc, and then I commit to something, and then maybe five chapters down the line, I realize, oh, shit, I forgot to include this. <laughs> which is the uh, danger of releasing a chapter-by-chapter chapter sort of format. Yeah, um, which I can always go back and change. Yeah. But I hate doing that. Yeah, I don't even want to go back and change Dissonance. Um, though that might also be part of because uh, the story is kind of in stone at this point. Mm-hmm. I did just send a motivational Shia LaBeouf into the chat. Oh, did you? Uh, is that an off-topic? Sure is. Sure Just is. do it. Just do it. Classic. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Just light <laughs> them on fire, watch them burn, and then go do something else. Like me. Yeah. Um, another contributing factor to stopping fanfiction. Um, about a year... What, like a year a half ago it was a year ago january a year ago january i stopped playing fire emblem heroes because um a few months or like in the months leading up to that i was starting to get really sick of that game it started like getting me disillusioned with the the whole fucking franchise because heroes is that much of a cancer in society oh yeah (laughs) i played dokkan battle for four years yeah, I played Heroes for two. I can't imagine playing another mobile game ever again. People try to get me to, like, my friends will be like, you should try Shadowverse. It's so much better. Oh, no. <laughs> get out of here. I'm not playing a mobile game. Bye. Play Warframe instead. All things couldn't keep me. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, so the moral is that I was getting sick of Fire Emblem. Yeah, burnout. Yeah. Because um, I've been obsessed with this franchise since like 2012, and I've been playing the game since like 2005 right i've uh understandably i've had had my fill of fire emblem and i wasn't optimistic about three houses from what i had seen of it up to that point 
But then they started revealing other things at like E3 2019. And uh, I was like, oh shit, this game might actually be sick. And it came out and it was sick. So uh, back into Fire Emblem again. Right. If there's anything that can be said about Three Houses, it's the fact that, in my opinion, it does not visually put its best foot forward. Oh, no Fire Emblem game. No, some of them look all right. Like the Game Boy Advance games have great battle animations. Awakening then, did not visually put any of its feet forward. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Just yeah. the ankles where they were cut off at. Sorry, I had. That. I'd say Echoes is probably the best visually of any Fire Emblem game. Though the animations are the best in the Game Boy Advance game. Mm. See, I, I do think that if if a Fire Emblem has a chance to actually look good now. It's post three houses because I, I don't. I this is me thinking it's something I read somewhere, and I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they used the same engine that was used for Fire Emblem Warriors for three houses. I think that's and true. I think yeah. Koei Tecmo did a lot of the grunt work on three houses. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like a lot of what's going on there is just the fact that. You're you're running in an engine that's made to basically run like the super fast warriors game, which is why a lot of the animations in Three Houses are a little uh, a little floaty. The um, come to think of it, the movement in Three Houses when you're running around like the school and the camps and stuff that yeah, actually, that's that super feels war- super warriors. But yeah. um. I hadn't thought about that. I think after the the success of Three Houses, um, if a Fire Emblem game has a chance (laughs) of getting, like, its own proprietary engine at this point, it might be whatever game they make after Three Houses, honestly. I mean, all else fails. You could make an entire Fire Emblem game in Unreal. Easily. Basically. (laughs) Just keep throwing money at Epic. That's... They definitely need it. They don't have enough money at all. Just keep throwing money at Epic. Animal game as beautiful as its character designs would be a dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> yep. See, my while I've been playing Three Houses, my wife just keeps getting confused because, and the confusion has tapered off after after time because of things. <laughs> but uh, initially, because uh, Sothis is there, like just yapping in your ear. And my wife is getting very confused because the voice of Sothis is the same voice actress who does Morgan in Persona oh, 5. Morris. <laughs> so after having played through all of Persona 5 with her there, and now Sothis is like this very haughty sort of style of speaking, and it's it's just such a change from, hey, you should go to bed. <laughs> so yeah, good times have been had. Fan fiction. <laughs> Another one for the counter. Yeah, that's what's that? Five now? I'm gonna say it's five, at least. Can we get six? <laughs> I mean, I could start ranting about dice or something, but I don't know. Yeah, or Jesse could talk about whatever he wants. Jesse could talk. Jesse, talk uh, about Warframe. I, I I haven't played that in like three years. <laughs> you don't want to get the new mod for Latron? Anyway. Yeah. So um Three Houses was sick, and I've been playing a lot of Fire Emblem 
and games recently, so I've been into the franchise again. So there's a solid chance I could get back into writing the story or more mouth fan fiction. There's a lot of uh, for so you couldn't imagine how many stories I and ideas for never got around to actually writing um, over the years. Um, the first one I ever planned to write is one for that was a Fire Emblem Four story, but I was like, this is going to be a long one for sure. So I'm gonna wait until I finish Into the Out Realms before I write this. <laughs> Great idea, 2015 repeat. <laughs> Put it on the back burner, come back to it later. Yeah. Um, I was thinking this story idea is sick and I would need to dedicate all my time to it. No fucking way. If I ever get to it, it's likely it won't be finished. <laughs> or it'll be completely modified, pared down to something like miracle length at most. Probably not even that much, though. I think Miracle even was... Uh, Miracle's the length of a full-length novel. Like, don't hey, undersell that. I was about to say, yeah, even that story was pretty exhausting. But yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I Hobbit mean, is like 56K, I think. Your, your average novel Miracle is 70 is... to 100K words. Right. Which puts into perspective just how much writing fanfic authors do. Yeah. Um, I think... Uh, I'm just going to pull it up for reference. Uh, and this is cheating a bit. Because um, <gasps> it's um, it, it's actually written on a space battles forum, so it's not one author. It is a whole bunch of people. Ah, space battles. Cool. Halkagania Online. Um, it is a crossover of two things that I kind of hate. Yeah. Um, I I hate Sword Art Online, and I also hate Familiar uh, of Zero. Familiar of Zero. It's absolutely <laughs> awful. I I tried. I tried. Familiar of Zero so was hard. like a guilty pleasure for me. It's fucking I can awful. Tell it sucked. I still liked it. <laughs> okay, I've got a couple um, of those. Here's my recommendation to you. Then repeat. Um, there is a fanfic that I actually really enjoy. It's called Halkagania Online. It is a crossover of those two things. Because, like, here's the premise. Because uh, are, are you familiar with Sword Art Online? Like the, I feel the like the first general 10 plot, episodes, that's, whatever. If you know the plot okay. of the first season, you're good. That's all you need. Okay. So in the second season, they're all like in a fairy RPG. Actually, it's the second half of the first season. Like, um, the second half of the first season, right. Go. After, like, the first arc. The but one. they're in like the fairy game. This game is not a death game. It's an actual, you know, it's game. just a fucking MMO. And they're like trying to solve the silly plot. Meanwhile, familiar summoning ritual is happening. And when Louise summons her familiar, she <laughs> basically summons the entire MMO world on top of Halkagania. <laughs> so now yeah. all of these people who are just like, you know, regular people in japan have to like deal with the fact that now their player avatars are, are their, their real bodies, bodies. Yeah. all of their skills proportional to what they have in the game has been crammed inside of their heads and now they have to deal with this world that might just want to kill them solely on the basis that they have pointy ears mm-hmm and it's actually really well done um actually is weird sometimes. biggest strength 
is just the way it looks at things politically and just all of the all of the boring stuff like this is a fic that asks the questions but what about plumbing but what about food what about economy no it it does one of its strengths is absolutely addressing the things that the majority of stories would just completely brush off it's like oh well none of these buildings in the mmo had any of these actual amenities and the doors were always locked because they didn't exist well we have to break the doors down because they're actually part of the building and no they don't have any of these amenities they don't exist you have to make it work but uh for reference because uh right now uh because all of it is on space battles but uh most of it is on fanfiction.net uh for reference the first part because there's three quote-unquote volumes of Halkagania Online that are currently on fanfiction.net. Volume 1, which is the longest, it, by far, like very much by far, Volume 1 is 548,335 words. It's 73 chapters. It is a doorstop. I've I've gotten about 50 chapters into it the two times I've read it, but because uh, the first time I read it was during college and i was working a summer job and i would literally just read it on my breaks i i just ran out of time uh and the second time was recently and i am continuing with it volume two little more forgiving three hundred seventy nine thousand words just a casual 379 <laughs> just a little more digestible in an afternoon <laughs> yeah and volume three comes in at a paltry dismal disappointing 272,000 words. And after the size of these fakes, no wonder you blaze through 90% of NTL <laughs> in a day. Yeah. <laughs> so th- this is the sort of thing that, um, remember when I said I would just read during school in high school? I, I, as in, I would go to school with a book I hadn't started yet, and by the end of the day, I was done with it. I do that in middle school too, when yeah. I read a lot. Yeah, I'm. I if I sit down to read something, I'd still go through it that quick. I just don't ever do that because you know we live in a world where we need to be constantly entertained and stimulated. Hundred percent live in a society. We yeah. do. We do, in fact, live in a society. The moral of the story is: if you are interested and you hate your free time, try that one out. What's free time? <laughs> I think if I'm at the point where I would rather be reading fan fiction, I should probably just write fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the mindset of the artist. <laughs> and no, not to knock any of the amazing fanfics out there, because I'm sure one percent is still a lot. Um, a Sturgeon's Law. <laughs> but, uh, but I just. I, really. I, uh, well, theoretically, I, you should I just be able to read the stuff Sturgeon's review, right? Law from ninety percent to ninety nine percent, just given the internet. Yeah, there, there's honestly, there's a lot of stuff that I wish we could feasibly review yeah. on uh on our main show, because at the moment we're still like picking shorter things. I, I've been tossing around ideas with these two about like trying to review something more long form and trying to like come up with a way that that would work. Like, but like something like as much as I love Halkagania online, oh my god. 
It's... How am I going to get Jesse to read a million words? <laughs> I'm such a slow reader, dude. It's not even funny. Like the, the hardest part of something like that is the most ideal situation would be we do one episode where we review the whole thing and then we move on. But that's just that's not feasible. Part, man. Don't be a coward. Both yeah. the views. No, you're right. No, another thing we considered is like doing it in chunks, right? 10 to 15 chapters at a time and then move on to the to the next one in the next episode. But that's the sort of thing that ideally we could like tack on to the end of another episode and just have running as a, a secondary segment. Yeah, plus I don't I don't really agree with that as it's hard to judge things like exactly. writing quality um from a small snippet. Yeah. Uh, even if you take a vertical slice in the middle of the story, it's so hard to say. Yeah, There's and that's the other problem. That, um, an acquaintance of mine um, asked if I would read one of his stories for him. And I was only planning on reading like the first three chapters because it was 14. I can't remember how many words it was. Um, but I was like, no, no, it's not fair. I had some issues with like story and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, it's completely unfair to judge that uh, without having caught up at least. Right. I read all 14 chapters and my complaints all still. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and as as the uh, the usual curator, um, I try to pick things that I know will have good things to say about. Which is the idea the, of the, yeah. the series anyway. Right. This time I asked, and this person, um, I... Didn't have any expectations about the quality of the story, but um, I enjoyed talking to this person a lot because they were very articulate about what they liked about when they would review my stories. Mm-hmm. And um, in general, they were a very well-spoken person. I would, uh, I would definitely was like, yeah, I'll absolutely do this for you. And well, if you have learned anything from us, it's that being well-spoken doesn't mean anything. <laughs> that or it means everything. Oh. He's really just entertaining us to entertain himself. I was just brutally honest to him, and he was appreciative. Um, so he, he did end up continuing that story. He said, I'll take some of this advice into account. There are other things I don't agree with and I'm not going to change. And I was like, I absolutely respect that. Um, I take no criticism. So, I will change nothing. <laughs> change something. being that person. Never. Changed but a yeah, couple. I'm... He said so. And he continued writing the story. I think it's like three times as long now. That's good for him. Oh, good for yeah. him. I'm I'm thinking if we ever do like long form stuff, because um, there there is one story that we're kind of looking at, and by we I mean me. Which one? But uh, uh, dreaming. Okay. That's, that's uh, but over, that by one the way. story, it's uh, because it's more of a slice of life affair, but at the same time, it's also kind of split into um, pretty digestible arcs. Yeah. So if we uh, if we preliminary split it into the arcs that we wanted to read and picked good stopping points, not based on like let's read ten chapters, then ten chapters, then ten chapters, but we're going to read up through this story beat and then stop. Time for discussion. Uh, let's convene the book club, and then we go on to the next story beat. Stop, and then like do it again. Like and that's a possibility. And this is one of those things like we this is a side podcast show thing. We don't really need to get too deep into the mechanics of how we're considering changing the main show. Um but if we did something like that, we would probably end up saving the actual review, like the numeric review portion till the end of the the story. Right. 
So you, you do bring up an excellent point in that judging things solely based on that small segment is absolutely unfair. Um, is yeah. it worth discussing those small segments as you go and then evaluating like maybe improvements in writing style or changes in plot or direction? I think so. Yeah, actually, yeah, that is different from what I was doing because he asked me to review it, so I reviewed it as a whole. Right. And, um, if you're just... There's definitely value to be had in discussions like that. Mm -hmm. There was some story. I remember I used to binge TV tropes when I was in high school. And there's some oh, yeah. were obs obsessed with some web comic or something. I think it was called Worm, something like that. Um, but um, like half the appeal of the story apparently was going to the comment section after catching up on that chapter and reading people's like elaborate theories and stuff like that. So it's kind of like that. It's just for something that already exists. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. I wasn't trying to say there's no value in discussing it. I'm right. just saying sometimes criticisms you level at a story are uh, feel unfair if you don't read if you don't advance. But obviously, you're, if you're doing it piece by piece, that implies that you're going to read the whole thing. Right. It's not that there's no value in discussing it. It's just that your discussion has no value. <laughs> Did I imply that, that? It's not that I hate your ideas. It's just that I hate you as a person. <laughs> I don't hate your ideas. I just hate who they come from. <laughs> no, you didn't imply that. Okay. <laughs> like, wait, what? I must have phrased it wrong. No, no, we got we got what you were saying. I'm sorry. I went to my parents' house and they were watching Frasier. I'm sorry too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think we've exhausted basically every topic that we had. And some that we didn't. <laughs> but yeah, fan fiction. Things left to say. Ding. Um, number one was, I, I remembered earlier, you were like, you were saying something. I actually was saying something, I just remembered. It was about, uh, when I was still talking about the early stories I was writing, um, Dissonance of Prose feels really different from different rest of my stories because uh, alongside the rule of like, get too heavy don't uh too much and the love of god don't have sex in it um <laughs> the other one was uh less is more so i tried to always keep things brief so my earlier stories are really terse compared to my later stories right. where i still try to follow less is more to an extent. sometimes i indulge and just let myself have long paragraphs mm -hmm. I, there are so many times where i'd be proofreading um dissonance or morgan and i'd be like this paragraph is too long. Let's see how I can rephrase it. Well, you know um, what they say, brevity is the soul of bullshit. See, there, uh, there's... Uh, the I, I've been running into a bunch of writing YouTube channels recently for whatever reason, yeah, which why. is funny because I don't do a whole lot of writing myself. But uh, I've been running into a lot of them and how they talk about like um, about like a lot of thriller novels and how they have like all of these like consecutive three word paragraphs that like are good for like communicating action hmm. but it gets stale and sort of repetitive after a while which is a good way of describing most of those series too oh yeah but if you um, don't vary your sentence and paragraph structure your brain falls into a rhythm and, and you kind of just start to skim over it and get bored with it yeah because there's um there's a time for words 
and there's a time to let the situation speak for itself. And part of becoming a skilled writer, I think, is just learning what those times are. When it's a time to let let the the gates open and just all of the 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 word falls come out, and then the times when ba basically you just let the quiet moment hang there and do what it needs to, so to speak. We're really good yeah. at that last part. Okay, yeah, yeah. related to that, but not in the way you think, is the way like parody fix. The best part of all of those to me is how usually they're written like really short and the spelling is terrible. And then they'll just have one paragraph like three chapters in that's just <laughs> perfect English where they go into insane detail and then they're back to saying dumb bullshit the next sentence. That's the moment I always wait for in any parody I read. <laughs> it's always the best part. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, good writing. Like, that's, on. that's their reveal like I actually don't suck in case any form of Poe's law was in effect here now you know <laughs> see I think my favorite form of that is like when it's when it's like an aside like it's it starts like something that's completely com incomprehensible like it's borderline moon speak and then there's like just like in parentheses a brief aside where the author is just like it is worth noting at this point that in such a culture and then so on and so forth and then back to your regularly scheduled bullcrap that was like a super common uh sort of writing format like 10 years ago all the the random author's notes and asides inserted in fan fiction Sometimes I miss that. Sometimes I, I realize that it's good that we as a society, have, and we are a society, have moved on from that. I mean, I blame the British. Mid-chapter, I never was into. <laughs> I mean, sometimes... Like, yeah, I mean, they totally like break up the floor. If you're reading a thesis paper or something, and, and it has its entire source now instead of just a one, <laughs> like, source one. Yeah, I mean, there... There's like an artful aside, and then there's like basically the entirety of Family Guy. Oof. <laughs> oof. There's that's not even like an oof. You're you're just you're right. <laughs> I take back the it's oof true, rescinded. Though. Yeah, there's the artful aside, and then there's whatever the hell we do when we decide to start talking about something else. Fan fiction. Anyway, <laughs> fan fiction. Number eighty four. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, something like that. Um, I should have like a clicker, <laughs> just a, a little incrementing counter that you just every time click. Uh, yeah. So the last thing I had to say on the subject of motivation is um, I wrote this story uh, for it's on my AO3. It's called Sweet. Um, I wrote it as part of a Secret Santa exchange uh, in like 2017 or so. Um, so I, I was having trouble for a while as soon as I got the Secret Santa, figuring out what I wanted, because I knew like what her favorite pairing was, Robin Gaius. Mm -hmm. I was going to write something about that, but I could not think of anything. I kind of cobbled something together last minute. Um, sorry, Lainey, if I know you're not watch, uh, watching this, but if you ever do happen across it. I'm sure <laughs> she appreciated it anyway. Um, but yeah, so that story actually is most dosed story on AO3. It's like I still get comments every now and again that are like oh this is so cute or you know the 
the Twitter thing where they yeah. their face on the keyboard, then say, "This was so cute." It's like grand capitalization. Yeah. OMFG. Yeah. Pretty much stuff like that. It attracts that crowd. Um, so I hate that story <laughs> because of them at all. I just was never satisfied with it, and I hate having a story up that I'm not happy with. Even dissonance, I'm okay with. But sweet, despite being like having no typos and having some funny parts that I liked, is super pointless. It wasn't even indulgent for me. I've written <laughs> stories that were indulgent, but this one just, oh no. And so, you know, it, all stories I wrote had a lot of attention, mm-hmm. um, and that was just kind of like a. I could write stories like these if I really wanted the the dopamine rush of all the. <laughs> um, but you yeah, if you just wanted to write stories, you'd just churn out stuff like that. Yeah, I would, but I thought that sounds even more miserable than a bunch of stories like these and uh, just not getting reviews, or and then I thought, or just not writing. Um, and then you never that wrote like, again. And I never wrote. <laughs> I, that was about <laughs> like the Buttercup and the Princess Bride. <laughs> I will never write again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, so that was uh, one of the nails in the coffin was realizing I could be writing different content. But my kind of content that I like is unpopular. Right. So I uh, was like, maybe it's just not worth it. I shouldn't worry about it. So, uh, like, could be more popular if the fanfiction.net algorithm wasn't bullcrap. Because I, mean, I really if think that's what people it is. had better taste. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not wrong. It's them. <laughs> well, totally. uh, why a story like that? Because it's easy to read. It was it was like five thousand words. It was fluff. It was a popular ship. Like. It's a perfect storm of the kind of story that right. you would think would be popular. And it's also like, because this is something that, uh, this is, uh, I've been talking to my wife about this, about like the differences I see between fanfiction.net and archive. Uh, key difference with number one, archive isn't dying. But uh, key yeah, difference number two, archive is, um, it's not entirely pairing driven. But a lot more fix on archive, I find, tend to be pairing driven than I find on fan fiction. Well, or at the very least, a lot more fix on archive that are readable. AO3 are also has driven. a much better interface for finding stories. It oh, really yeah. does. Like they, depressing that you can't tag fan fiction stories with like content yeah. warnings. They have absolutely AO3 nailed that. Well, because they know their community too. I'm not saying FFNet doesn't. But AO3 is entirely community-driven, so it's kind of necessary. The other big difference I notice is, uh, and I, I brought this up jokingly, but I'm also kind of serious. I, I said this in our, our regular chat with Jesse and Nick, but I, I find that a story that falls apart on Archive of Our Own tends to be good for at least two or three chapters, as opposed to a story on fanfiction.net <laughs> that falls apart, which usually just falls apart immediately. immediately. It's like as a general rule, <laughs> happens to be the writers are better on AO3. Not even I that. don't know. Maybe it's just the specific like circles I've been yeah, floating around in. I think in. it's that. It, it, it's... 
I've been trying to do more stuff on AO3 because um, uh, a lot of the communities are moving over to AO3 by virtue of it, just the interface being superior. But at the yeah. same time, a lot of stuff is still on fanfiction.net. But like using fanfiction.net is a chore. But the back end on fanfiction is great. Like, I, I still love the the reader, like fanfiction.net's app, which is awful for like 70% of it. But when it comes to the actual reading, the experience, reading experience, it's great. Good. I love Everything that. outside but, of actually scrolling and swiping through chapters is terrible. Yes, agreed. But like ha being able to essentially treat it like an open tab in a browser that saves your place every time you back out like any other e-reader app, that's great. That's super helpful. I don't have to download the HTML format of a story to my phone to then read it and manually set bookmarks anymore. <laughs> Which, believe it or not, I did for Into the Out Realms the first time I read it. Yes. I think it's I remember reading fan fiction on like my iPod Touch 2 yeah, and like just too. copy pasting entire fanfiction.net pages Into to like, my notepad yep. so I could read them offline. Yep, I did that. I think we both did that like together at the same time in the <laughs> library in high school. In the library, in the lunchroom. Yeah. <laughs> fanfiction.net is some weird unholy mix of uh Less professional and more professional than AO3. Yeah. AO3 does stuff like lets you make custom tags or lets you be more creative with uh, how you format your story. But fan fiction doesn't like it if you just do two line breaks in a row. It'll delete one of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, like, it's, it's like, it's like forcing a consistent experience. And fanfiction.net yeah. is just whatever the heck it is. Yeah. It's like they're trying to enforce, a, like, look more professional. And to enforce like a standardized stylization of things, so, like you can't have more than one line break in in a row. But then they you go can't and have change more their than own one rules, and it yeah. reformats and breaks everything else on the site. Yeah, three. Let's use fucking CSS. Have you seen like some of the crazy things yeah. people can do? It's yeah, it blows my mind sometimes. It's it's almost like you're on a different web page entirely sometimes. Yeah. Many stories I had an idea of writing was going to use a lot of CSS because it was going to be a choose-your-own-adventure story. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, oh, I'm still bummed I didn't write that. But because uh, I got like way through Act 1, it was going to be a three-act thing. And uh, I was I just started to realize how much effort it would have to be. Um, and this was about the time that my interest was dwindling as well. So mm -hmm. I was like, this isn't going to happen, unfortunately. I get exactly what you're saying because I tried to write a choose your own adventure thing once and it was awful. I even had ways of like, I had a lot of and ways of minimizing the uh, workload, like reining in the skill uh, of it. Mm -hmm. And even still, I was just like, even if I just wrote this linearly from beginning to end, it would take forever. Um, and then there will be variations. Missed that. I said you'll get Talk to it after you finish into the Outrealms. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Someday it'll happen. Maybe. Someday. Uh, I, I just have mad respect for anyone who actually finishes a story. So, like, the, fa the fact that you finished Miracle, big props. The fact that you finished yeah. Dissonance, big props. 
Uh, and the fact that me and Nick are still waiting for Dark Lords to end. We're like, we're so we're close. sitting here with like our party poppers. Like it's finished so every story except for to the Outrealms that I uploaded. That's like 13 <laughs> stories or something. Which is so. huge. The sticking point. Like proportional yeah, to the number of like, stories most people finish. A 13 out of 14, that's 90 plus percent success rate. Mm -hmm. I'll take that. <laughs> well, and then even the fact that, like, after the last discussion we had, you went back and took a look at what you had for Chapter 18, you went and posted that, that's insane. Like, I never thought that any of the shit that we were doing would have any sort of influence on anything that we actually looked at and enjoyed. I hadn't given much, like, critical thought to Miracle in so long. Reading it and, like, hearing y'all echo some points that were my intent when I wrote the story um, four and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just like, this is incredible. I can't believe what I'm hearing. I'd like to thank you guys again for that. That okay. was, uh, I very much appreciate it. I'm so happy you guys liked my story. Well, you're very welcome. And we would like to thank you, A, for writing it, B, for putting up with us, and C, for actually coming to talk to us about it afterward. Yeah, twice. Oh, great. We actually did something right. I know, right? That's weird. That doesn't ever happen. It was also my favorite thing we've read so far. He's very happy with it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Uh, when we when we were talking about uh, meeting up and doing this again, Jesse's first response was, "Oh, awesome! That gives me an excuse to read it again." Did you take that as a no? I don't know because I, I barely Sorry, heard what my you said. Internet keeps breaking up. <laughs> anyway, I think that's actually probably a pretty good place to end it. Um, yeah. Thank you once again, seriously. Thank you for for doing this, not just once but twice. Thank you so much for having me twice. We talk about myself for hours. Hey, that's what we're here for. <laughs> that's that's why this exists. It's fun about yourself and video games and fanfiction.net <laughs> and archive. And maybe I'll leave some of that video game discussion in at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun editing! Yay! Uh the uh, whole uncut version is on a, is on your patreon yeah my no it's on my only fans <laughs> the real uncut version the webcam was on 